Chief. Good morning, Your Honor. Your Honors. May it please the court. My name is Raymond Bellucci. I'm an immigration attorney in St. Louis, and I represent Mr. Hector Elias. Um, I represent him before this court on a pro bono basis. Your Honor, we would respectfully request that now that you have received the party's petitions, or briefs, rather, um, we pray that you enter an order remanding these proceedings to the Board of Immigration Appeals with instructions that the case be remanded to the immigration judge for further development of the record. Um, in this particular case, Your Honor, well, I am going to address the court most immediately on a decision that was reached by the Board of Immigration Appeals. Unfortunately, it was reached, I believe, after uh, the parties submitted their brief. Um, in that particular case, Your Honor, and I would like to analyze, analogize, um, is matter of BZR. That's 28 INN decision 563, Attorney General's decision 2022. I correct myself. It's a it's an Attorney General's decision. Um, in this particular case, Your Honor, this is a an issue that has been litigated over and over in a variety of circuits. In this particular case, we have a dissenting uh, opinion from the board uh, in concluding that the conduct of this particular young man when he was 13, 14 did not amount to what has ultimately been a bar to his eligibility for withholding, which was having committed a particularly serious crime or non-political crime. In this particular case, as the facts recite, when he was around 13, 14 years old of age, growing up in Honduras, a country infested by gangs. Let me stop you. I don't see the case you cited in your table of authority. I did not cite it, Your Honor. I believe that this well, decision came in? down after the briefs were filed. All right. Would you put in a 28-J letter I will, so we can I will, find and it? I was, okay. I was gonna, yes, Your Honor, absolutely will. Absolutely will. And, and I will also uh, share it with, with, with the United States to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, and I will analogize that particular decision and how it ultimately fits in this particular case. But this young man um, is a homosexual man. At the time, obviously, he had issues in, in, in not only having a safe life in Honduras, but at, as the facts indicate that he was approached on two separate occasions. And two separate occasions, he agreed to carry a bag, ultimately admitted to the court that he knew, or at least speculated that in the bag were drugs and guns. Uh, and he did so uh, for a variety of reasons, the primary one being fear. Uh, yeah, I understand that the arguments have been made that he wanted to fit in. Yeah, well, he's kind of make some statements that he's maybe a gang wannabe kind of guy. And, and, that, and that may be colored by, by, by his homosexuality and fear as well. Right? I mean, that can all kind of tie together. I get that argument. But, um, but the timing of, the, of when the homosexuality is raised is, is, is a little bit suspect, right? It's not raised until shortly before uh, the hearing, right? Your Honor is correct. Yeah. Your Honor is absolutely correct because, in fact... Because his early statements are all... I want to belong. Um, I uh, I was I looked up to these people, and I wanted to make money. Right now, that looks like just your basic gang wannabe. And if you look at youthful offender cases, that kind of seem to be that that where we say being youthful and foolish, that that's something we take into consideration on whether it's a a, a, a serious non-political crime. But it seems to be tied mostly to child soldier cases, right? Correct, Your Honor, and if I may, I think that Your Honor has actually raised two great points, and I appreciate that. The first one is um, the, the issue of his homosexuality. Mm -hmm. In fact, I can address as an officer of the court that even I, I was the attorney of record in the proceedings before the immigration judge. I wasn't aware of that fact until literally the eve of trial. 
I sat down and talked to him in great detail before I walked into the court, and I made my motion to continue on that basis, which, as Your Honor indicated, it's very suspect. Mm -hmm. Your Honor, it, it is undeniable that, particularly for a young man that grew up in a society that is, for lack of a better word, unaccepting and violent in nature, for a young man to have, obviously, his homosexuality and his personal sexual uh, 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 lifestyle, it, 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 what, he, he was literally sheltered. He was so afraid to divulge it, to disclose it. When I talked to him, he said, Ray, listen, it's a trauma that I had to live with. I am in a relationship. I met his partner, and he continues to openly that, live. Doesn't that affect whether it's a, a protected social group? Absolutely, Your Honor. If it's not apparent, if but, it's not apparent to society, even his lawyer in an immigration proceeding. If it's not apparent, it's, if he it's is so well concealed, it seems to me that's a, that's an indication it's not a protected social group. And, Your Honor, sometimes it is because it goes to uh, – I'm going to address Your Honor's question if I'm – or, or comment in the following matter. How – can you, how can anybody know that I am a member of a particular social group if I'm not holding myself as, as a member of that particular social group and then claim that I fear to be persecuted or I was persecuted? I think, Your Honor, the fact that you're unable to express yourself and live the life that you live is, in fact, of and in itself, persecution. In other words, if, if I'm a Muslim young man and I know that there is Islamophobia or I'm a Jewish young man and I know that there's anti-Semitism, I am going to do everything I can, as we have seen on the news, unfortunately, lately, is I'm going to put my Star of David away, or I'm going to shave my beard or, 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 or not well at wear my, my symbol that says Allah on it, because I'm afraid that I'm going to be discriminated or harmed. In this particular case, the same thing. We're having a society that is so homophobic, where homosexuality is not accepted. In fact, any sign of homosexuality or deviation from a machismo country is going to result in, in, in you being either attacked, murdered, raped. In this case, Your Honor, going back to, uh, I think, Your Honor, um, you indicated, um, and I don't want to lose your question, is even though, I'm sorry, if I have one second, uh, to remember your second part of, uh, of your inquiry. Well, I was talked about timing. I talked about the child soldier cases Thank and you. that the youthful offender cases, really, they, they all, when we look at youth, they all fall into two groups. The biggest group are the child soldier cases. Then the other groups are where the child is directed to commit criminal acts by a parent, a step parent, or they're homeless, vulnerable, and are compelled to commit those acts in order to keep body and soul together. And right, so those are sort of the, 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 the great bulk of cases. And, and this case doesn't seem to fit clearly into one of those categories, so I'm sure you've got an argument why, so tell me why. Thank you, Your Honor. And I think I'm, I can tie what, what uh, Judge Loken and, and yourself are arguing here is that basically the only way in this particular society, in this particular uh, village or town where you lived in this society is either you're in or you're out. And if you're not in, then why aren't you in? And when he wanted to fit in, this is not a situation where he basically, you know, he wants to be a tough kid. He wants to be a tough guy. But rather, he has no choice. In this, and that's where the duress argument comes in. And in, in, in the children, in the child soldier issues, for instance, is that some children become soldiers because they have no choice, because that they know that if they... If but, you, but you're arguing the merits of, of, the, of the withholding issue. 
that's precluded by uh, the, uh, the, the crime, the, the, the and, serious non-political crime. And, and the oh, reason, and that is correct, Your Honor, and that's what we're asking that the court remand these proceedings because in this particular case, the conduct of this young man, secretly a homosexual. Uh, but, but, but I can't, <clears throat> the Barahona, which you cite, is, is completely, in my view, distinguishable because the charges were dropped. The evidence was the charges were dropped. The petitioner denied the alleged charges before they were dropped, and DHS didn't refute that. Here, your client admitted the, the conduct underlying, and I, I find it hard to believe that, that any, anyone could deny that what he admitted is a serious non-political crime. So what, what's... Uh, you're, I guess you're saying prejudice doesn't matter, we just have to have a redo, and I don't no. think that's our law. I, I agree with you, Your Honor, and, and actually I'm, that's not what, what I'm really kind of trying to focus on. What but I'm it's trying a procedural to... argument in the brief. The BIA didn't dot the I's and cross the T's. Correct. They can do it again. Correct. And the and reason I want... nothing else. To... So arguing the merits doesn't get at that. The reason why we believe, Your Honor, correct, but the reason we have to look at, and Your Honor raises again another great point, is that we cannot ignore the merits, and because the merits were not fully developed for two reasons. Number one, Your Honor, in this particular case, he was 13 years old. Just as in the dissent of the board, you, 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 you cannot have a 13-year-old to basically, when well, he I is think, forced on... Well, we have to address the merits. No, we, you have to establish that there is at least some possibility, if not a likelihood, that the result would be different in a do-over. In this particular... And, and with, the, with the admission regarding the serious non-political crime and the nature of the non-political crime being, I think, almost undeniably serious, I don't, I don't, I don't see even the possibility of a different result. And... When Your Honor received the 28J and you will see not only what the board held, what adjudicators now can consider, which is really, it goes to... I think to, I've read this decision, and I, yeah. And it goes really to the... To, which to is the very controversial, and I'm not, I don't think it applies in this situation. When we look at duress, when we look at the age of, the, of, of, of my client and the facts and the totality of the circumstances, obviously we, we don't have an atrocious conduct here, but we have to look at everything else. It, it, yes, he admitted that what he did was wrong. He took responsibility. He outright, in fact, the government didn't even raise that issue. He raised that issue himself. He admitted it to the court. He said, listen, I did these bad things, but I want you to know that the reason I did these bad things is because I was forced to do them. And what the court did not take into consideration, and the board obviously was unable to, to consider, was that it, it never went into the depth to understanding and analyzing. And now that we have BZR, if I, his state of mind, and, and Your Honor, you're correct. I am arguing some of the merits of the case because I have to. Because the, the facts that need to be developed have to be developed by the judge and then reviewed by the board. In this particular case, in like the BZR... But I haven't, heard, I haven't heard a focus on a defense to a serious, to an established serious non-political crime. What, what is a de defense that revives the possibility of withholding? 
Your Honor, in this particular case, if the facts if the facts are developed by if, if the case is remanded and the facts are developed by the by, by, by the immigration judge and they go all the way back to the bottom of the ladder, the court will be in a, in a much better position to ascertain the seriousness and the conduct in this particular case based on age, his state of mind, which was something that was not allowed for the adjudicator it's to trafficking take trafficking drugs and guns for a gang. It's admitted. Yes. I don't know. I, I don't think. I, I don't. Age is not a defense to that, unless, unless you're uh, below second grade. Uh, you know, you gotta have you gotta have a defense to the admission of conduct that is clearly criminal and on its face serious, and getting more and more serious in our society every day. Without a doubt, Your Honor. Without a doubt. But in this particular case, when one of the things that the, really the adjudicator was not allowed to do was really, as the, the, the dissent is basically saying, listen, a 13-year-old, when he is under all this pressure, under all this duress, uh, and, and not taking into consideration his state of mind when he is basically uh, uh, someone that is suppressing his own sexuality, fear for his own life, when you take all of that, that does affect his state of mind, which really, when you affect the state of mind, or you're affected by your state of mind, then, then it, it does provide some mitigating factors. And I am not standing in front of the court on behalf of my client to say, listen, trap, you know, carrying a bag of drugs when you've been suspected, when you know, you're doing it for, for known gang, deal, uh, gang members, is not a serious act. He, he admitted it to it. But at least in this particular case, I think that he overcame the fact that the seriousness of the case, when you look at the totality of the circumstances based on all the facts that the board had previously set uh, for the court to consider in its evaluation, in light of BZR, when we take it again as a whole, I think that that does change the mixture. And we would pray that you remand the case so the judge can take a look at it, taking duress and the state of mind into consideration. Am I, am I right that cat relief is not, it, it, the, the Convention Against Torture Relief is not at issue here? The court made a fine. No, Your Honor, I don't think that there are any facts that I could advance to the uh, court today. It wasn't, it wasn't pursued in the agency. Correct. Okay. And, and, and that's something that I, I can affirmatively ask, uh, respond to your court or expressly tell the court, no, Your Honor, I don't, I, I, there were none there at the time, and I don't believe there are any today. Thank you, Your Honor. Good morning. May it please the court, my name is Greg Kelch. I represent the United States Attorney General. We're dealing with a very demanding statute here. Congress has told us that we're not supposed to be granting withholding or removal to applicants if there are serious reasons to believe that the applicant has committed a serious non-political crime outside of the United States. Counsel, that's one thing that I didn't really hear argued before is the standard for determining the ineligibility. It, it's just, I believe, as you just stated, a serious reason to believe. That's a pretty low standard. It is a very low standard. Um, as we discussed in our brief, in matter of EA, the uh, BIA has set forth a framework. The first step is to determine whether there is probable cause to believe that a crime has been uh, committed. That's not an issue here. Uh, the petitioner testified. He carried, on three occasions, he carried backpacks with drugs and firearms for MS-13. 
So we know that it happened. So the next step of the framework is we do a balancing. We balance the seriousness of the conduct against the political character of the conduct. And again, we all agree there was no political aspect to this decision uh, to carry guns and, guns and drugs for MS-13. So we really are just now down to, is it serious? And the court's review here is not de novo, it's to grant deference to the agency. Is there substantial evidence to support the conclusion that this is a serious crime? Well, yes, they, they, they are serious, as the immigration judge explained. Uh, criminal street gangs are a major problem in Central America and in Honduras. So carrying backpacks of drugs and firearms for MS-13, that's serious. And that right there makes him ineligible for withholding of removal. Uh, what, what's the status of any guidance from the Attorney General on the so-called duress exception? Unfortunately, I, I do not have guidance. And one of the things I have to do here today, as, as Judge Loken has warned us, is not to overreach and not to get ahead of the BIA. I'm not the, I'm not the Attorney General, and I'm not an appellate immigration judge. As of today, there is no recognized duress to exception for the uh, uh, serious uh, non-political crime bar. And, so, and the BIA, in this case, declined to create one. And we think that that's the right decision. This case would be a very poor vehicle for the BIA to delve into that issue because no argument was ever advanced to the BIA for why there should be one. Well, it's kind of a difficult issue because on the one hand, you can see the children being pressured into assisting with drug trade is one thing. On the other hand, I would think that most MS-13 members probably started out that way. That is a point that I wanted to emphasize to the court today. Um, uh, criminal street gangs are a major problem in Central America, and most of their membership are minors. And so it would be a very dangerous precedent for us to decide that minors cannot be subject to the serious non-political crime bar. Um, however, as far as an actual defense of duress, uh, and I thought about this. I haven't mentioned it in my brief, but perhaps it might be easier for the court to look at it this way to the extent this gives you pause. Even if matter of Negusi 1 were still good law, and even if it applied to this case, it seems very unlikely that he would benefit from a duress exception because that was a narrow exception. And one of the things that the persecutor has to show is that he did not place himself in a situation where he knew or reasonably should have known that he would likely be forced to act. And in this case, Mr. Herrera testified he willingly transported a backpack with drugs for MS-13 because he wanted to feel important and because they paid him. So having gotten himself a, voluntarily associated himself with MS-13, he, he should not be now able to complain that MS-13 made him do it. And even if he does, of course, the first time, there was no duress. So we do not see that the, that the duress uh, exception would apply here or should be a problem as far as um, the BIA's handling of the case. As far as his age, I mean, that is a significant factor. We are aware of that. Uh, the immigration judge was aware of it. His youth was discussed throughout the merits hearings. And of course, the BIA specifically addressed it. His age, as far as an argument that he should not be culpable because of his age, it actually wasn't Mr. Herrera who raised that point. It was the dissenting appellate immigration judge. So the BIA obviously considered the issue too, and they made a decision, 
and they decide, as, as Judge Loken had noted, it's still as serious. Carrying backpacks with drugs and firearms is serious, even if you're 13 or 14 years old. And that's a decision that the BIA could reasonably make, and the court should defer to them. And so Mr. Bertolucci has said that the cat protection issue is not before the court. It also seems that the uh, timeliness of the asylum application is not before the court. So therefore, the only issue is withholding of removal, and he would and not qualify. asylum would fall for the same reason. It would, actually, too. But just to be complete, I want to note that no, separate from that, I asylum would... I think the withholding aspect is the more... It, it is sensitive, if you will, focus. It is the more sensitive focus. And also, I, I, I do want to say, a, I think I should say it, just something about the sensitive issue of his, of his sexual orientation. I think that when you look at this record, you will see that we had a very fair immigration judge who really took that seriously. That issue came up five days before his merits hearing. He had been in a relationship with somebody for years, but he didn't raise it to his attorney's attention until five days before the merits hearing. You can understand how the immigration judge would have been frustrated by that. But the immigration judge still, he granted a continuance just to make sure to get all of that information before the courts so that we knew what we were dealing with. And then he also continued the hearings when there wasn't enough time to get all the testimony out. And then in the decision, the immigration judge found him to be credible and and, and we all agree that he is a gay man from Honduras. Um, but the immigration judge denied relief based upon particular uh, commission of a serious non-political crime. But I, I do want to get that out, that that sensitive issue was treated with sensitivity uh, before the agency. If there are no further questions, I'll yield the balance of my time. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Perlici. Your Honors, I, in, a, in a very brief response in this particular case, um, we're asking not that minors be given a pass, but rather that the facts be expanded, or rather the factors be expanded so the court can actually ascertain really whether or not this particular minor under the totality of the circumstances should be affected by this unconscionable bar. Um, lastly, Your Honor, on my one second as I walk away from the podium, um, you know, it, it is a cover, right? If, if I don't want to be discovered for who I am or what I am, sometimes I have no choice but to fit in and act as I'm fitting in. And lastly, Your Honor, I wish that it were so easy for us to understand the struggle that so many have and continue to have, the fact that he did not come out openly until five days before the trial. I don't think that he should be judged for that. I know that this is something that many, many, many among us still continue to struggle, and even so more for those that come from a country that is so unaccepting to so many. Thank you, Your Honors, very much for your time. Thank you, Counsel. The case has been effectively briefed and argued. And Mr. Bellucci, the court appreciates uh, pro bono help in these uh, always uh, difficult immigration cases. My pleasure, Your Honor. We'll take the case under advisement. And the court will be in recess for about 10